0: Welcome to the Raised with Jesus podcast, 10 minutes every day where the life of Jesus meets yours. In this episode, we have a recording from the Minnesota District Convention, or Pastors Conference. Um, And it's a recording of a Skype call or a Zoom call with Bishop Horpachik, who is the the president of the Ukrainian Lutheran Church, the church with which we are in fellowship. The link is down in the show notes if you want to see the video and some of the the, pic, the images that he might bring up. Um, the audio starts out a little rough, but then it gets to be fairly consistent after that. Um, also, many thanks to Pastor Brian Prell of Petrolutheran Church in Sauk Rapids, Minnesota, for this recording. Here goes. How are you this evening? I am doing fine. Thank you. Well, no, good air good. <laughs> no air right part. No air sirens right now. That's wonderful. Right now, yes. Yeah, so thank, far. Thank you very much for taking part of your time your day here to address the district's pastors' conference that we're in the middle of right now. Um, I think I'll speak only for myself. I've never been in war. And I can't imagine ministering and, and to be a minister of the gospel during a time of war that you're in. So if you would share with the, the brothers here some of the things that you are enduring, some of the things the pastors are enduring and, enduring, and perhaps maybe some of the way that the resources that have been coming to you are being used, and whatever else you'd like to say. So I'll give it over to you, sir. Thank you. Uh, dear brothers, Christ is risen. Yes, He's risen indeed. Greetings to you in the name of our risen Lord Jesus Christ, uh, from uh, pastors and uh, all the brothers and sisters in the Ukrainian Lutheran Church, from many other Ukrainians whom uh, uh, you have helped already. And uh, let me start uh, from the words of uh, gratitude. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you, uh, all pastors. Thank you, all presidents of uh, Wales. Uh, thank you uh, personally to Pastor Roger Lyman, to President. Uh, uh, Mark Schrader, to Brother Pastor Larry Schlomer, to all pastors, all faithful members of the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod, who did not leave us alone in these uh, very difficult, uh, trying times, but have come to help to us immediately in the, on the very first day, and uh, that help uh, continues in uh, brotherly support in aid in prayers in encouragement in the constant uh, communication uh in many many other ways we are very thankful and with uh, your support with your prayers uh, with your encouragement it's much easier to go through this uh, through these trials that we have the war uh, has started uh, as you know on the 24th of uh, February and it was uh, to some to some people unexpected. Uh, to some, it was expected. I, uh, I thought that would come sooner or later because for a year there was a huge wave of uh, of uh, defamation of Ukraine and Ukrainians uh, uh, from Russians on all levels, uh, political levels, uh, media level. Uh, we were accused in things we never committed. Uh, we were accused in Nazism, being a democracy, and having a, a Jew uh, as our president. Uh, we were accused in, in all kind of all kind of things that uh, that uh, would be uh, uh, bad and would uh, simply destroy Oman's reputation. Uh, and uh, certainly, when you hear such things and you see how Russia was uh, collecting uh, lots of troops all around Ukrainian borders, you would expect something. Uh, the attack didn't happen uh, last year or the year before that, but when it started, it was uh, felt immediately all around Ukraine. Uh, we woke up with uh, sirens and uh, airstrikes and missile strikes all around the country. You could hear that literally everywhere. The airs were shaking, uh, there were... Uh, people who were trying to escape, uh, there were uh, warnings everywhere, and uh, on the very first day we already had uh, Kyiv uh, uh, surrounded uh, on three sides by the Russians. Uh, government said they didn't expect an attack from Belarus, and uh, the Russians went uh, through that country and uh, approached Kyiv. To for you to understand how quickly all things were developing uh, let me uh, describe my conversation with uh, Pastor Haustock of Kharkiv. Kharkiv is located 40 kilometers uh, from the Russian border. It's the second largest city in Ukraine and uh, it will be like probably 25 or 30 miles from the Russian border. When I called Pastor Haustock just like 40 minutes after the start of the war and asked him whether he could uh, uh, evacuate his family and himself from Kharkiv. He said that he forgot to fill in the tank of his car, so maybe you could do it now. He said, too late, the gas stations are already out, Uh, Russians destroyed them. And then he called me in five minutes and said, uh, and by the way, tanks are now around us. Russian tanks were there already, just in one hour. Uh, they were shooting uh, around uh, his, uh, his uh, area, so he was able somehow to get into his uh, mother-in-law's apartment in Kharkiv. They were there for uh, a few weeks, but then, uh, then uh, they realized that the Russians were shelling uh, all residential areas. And every day, uh, several times a day, in fact, we call him and ask how things are going, or write to him. by messenger when the phone uh, didn't work, he would say shells are falling down like uh, 500 meters away or uh, 400 meters away. And uh, finally, they were able uh, to uh, escape to a safer area in the city. And uh, their apartments were shelled where they stayed. You know, after they left shell uh, went through a window, destroyed uh, furniture in their house, and the place where they uh, usually sit uh, was all uh, was all in, uh, destroyed. Uh, the same was was happening in Kiev. The same was happening in many other uh, areas uh, areas of uh, the city uh, of uh, of uh, Kiev and uh, and Kharkiv. Uh, in Kharkiv, uh, they destroyed about. Uh, 2,000 buildings. Uh, again, this is a major city. That's, that city has a population of about 1.2.4 uh, million people. A house uh, would mean about uh, 50 or 100 apartments. And if you have 2,000 houses and a 100 apartments, you can understand you know, how many families are now homeless. There was a stream of refugees immediately going from Kyiv to uh, the west Ukraine, from Kharkiv to the west Ukraine. People were trying to escape uh, missile strikes, uh, and uh, people were trying to escape uh, Russian bombings because they were bombing residential areas. And uh, unfortunately, uh, people were also dying uh, while traveling because Russians intentionally uh, were killing and shooting uh, civilians in their cars. Uh, the war uh, found me in bed. I, I took my wife to the Western Ukraine and I got, uh, got COVID. So I, I was in the Western Ukraine. When I traveled, when I went to Kiev, when I uh, finally was able to go, you could see Russian tanks burned on the side of the roads, uh, Russian uh, uh, APCs uh, burned on the side of the road. You could see still uh, signs that danger to go uh, to the side because of landmines, and also you could see civilian cars all in bullet holes. Uh, those were people who had tried to escape Kiev, uh, for example, on the first days of the war. Then, uh, then we realized it was uh, after just a few days that uh, that it was not just a war, but it was a plain, uh, planned uh, destruction murder of the Ukrainians a genocide. Uh, Russians uh, got into Bucha, uh, for example. Bucha is uh, located about uh, 15 kilometers from Kyiv. One of our members uh, lived uh, uh, in Bucha, and she, you know, when I when I uh, when I learned that war started, I began to call members to call people and to, uh, to call first of all to warn them about evacuation, about ways to escape. And she said, what should she do? I told her immediately, please, please take your car, take the family, and run away immediately. I, I, I am sure it was a good advice because again, in about an hour or so, Russians came in and uh, then uh, they began to, uh, shoot up they came to exterminate people. Now, every, uh, every boy, uh, beginning with 16 years old, uh, all men, up to 60 years old, would be uh, taken captive, uh, but their hands would be, uh, would be tied behind their backs and would be, uh, would be executed into their necks. Uh, a package, uh, blessed bag would be uh, put on the head uh, to make sure that the blood does not splitter uh, on uh, the uniform of Russian soldiers. They tried to keep uh, themselves clean. They also, uh, all, uh, all uh, girls, uh, women, uh, or younger women, were raped, uh, then killed. The youngest girl that was raped in Bucha, for example, was two years old. <laughs> two years old. Uh, you know, when you, when you hear such things, they, they may seem unthinkable, or uh, people think it's, it, it cannot be true. And sometimes when I talk to uh, some people uh, in other countries, they, they they couldn't believe it was happening. Uh, thing when but when uh, when the Russians were kicked out of Kiev, and then it was discovered what was happening, then uh, then the world uh, finally began to believe uh, what was uh, what was uh, what kind of atrocities uh, people had to go through. Uh, we were able to evacuate uh, a few brothers, a few sisters uh, from the southern Ukraine. Um, let me tell you a story about the pastor, Alexander Peshenko. He's a pastor in Tokmak. Tokmak is located uh, halfway between Mariupol, uh, which is a big city once we had a mission there, and the church mission, um, uh, our mission. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's about 500,000 uh, people large, used to be, now that city doesn't exist of course, but top uh, mark is half between Mariupol and Zaporizhia, uh, Zaporizhia is about 800,000 people uh, large. And uh, when I called him to leave, he said uh, it's uh, too far away from all shootings, so hopefully he will be able to stay and serve the congregation. Uh, in that uh, uh, town we bought uh, recently a church building, thanks to uh, the foundation of the uh, uh, in memory of of, of uh, uh, Brother David at London. And, uh, and uh, you know, people were so happy that finally they had their own house and, and uh, would gather together and worship, and, uh, you know, they began to invite people to church, you know, uh, big evangelism started. So there was no really big uh, desire of Pastor fashion to leave. But then, in about uh, three days, Past, and Russian tanks uh, went into the city. Uh, our soldiers defended the city, then, uh, then they kicked out the tanks. then more Russian tanks came, and the city was occupied by the Russians. And uh, Pastor Peshko called me uh, very troubled and said that, that uh, it's uh, really uh, hard to be there. Uh, Russians began to, uh, as in other uh, cities and towns and villages they came to, They began to uh, rob people. They began to uh, confiscate goods. And uh, on the very, I think on the second day uh, of the occupation, they began to arrest uh, uh, leaders of the city, all deputies, all uh, local parliaments of the same people. Then uh, a few days passed more, and uh, then they began to arrest uh, all former veterans of the Ukrainian army. Then they began to arrest all policemen. Uh, who were, who stayed in the city. And, uh, uh, and, uh, then, uh, then, uh, back to Feshko said that he would try to escape the city. He tried to do it uh, several times. Uh, so, finally, he made it on a bus with only two bags in his hands and his uh, family uh, with him. Uh, they were able to escape to Zaporizhia. And, in a few days, uh, the Russians began to arrest all Protestant pastors in the city. It's an old scheme they used from 1940s that uh, that the Bolsheviks, the Communists used, for example, in the Western Ukraine. I am from the Western Ukraine and my family remembers it very well. My uh, grandfather was murdered by Russians in uh, 1944 when they came to uh, to the Western Ukraine. He was a Christian uh, teacher uh, and uh, he was executed uh, uh, before that he was tortured. So this, the same things are happening now in the southern Ukraine, uh, all, all around the occupied uh, cities. Uh, the same things that were happening in Bucha, uh, uh, murders, rapes, happen also now in, uh, in the southern towns and uh, cities of Ukraine. Uh, i uh, talking about this because we, with pastors uh, we have our weekly conference which we call Concordia we meet uh, over the internet, uh, we uh, read the book of Concord part by part. Each brother uh, uh, is a leader uh, each week. I mean, uh, it's like rotation. And uh, we, of course, we talk about the situation and the And uh, when I said that I didn't hear anything from Kherson uh, about the of matters that took place in the beginning, that they don't continue. Their own brother pastor, this uh, he told me that he keeps in touch with people from Kherson Oblast, and he said people just don't talk about that because people were uh, so much constant uh, concentrated on Kyiv but he keeps in touch with uh, people from the villages around him, Kherson area, and he said the same things that happen in Bucha do happen there, so we need we need your prayers, we need uh, we need. Uh, 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 we need uh, help and support for our army because uh, that that needs to be stopped. it's a it's a genocide. it's a clear genocide. Now Russians uh, were saying they want to denazify Ukraine to demilitarize it and now they now they just need our territories. Uh, they need uh, the land uh, they they want to grab now we speak about very about it very clearly. Uh, pastor pitsky uh, served in uh, nowwa uh, it's a uh, in have between Nikolaev and Kryvyi Rih. Rih. is a uh, city where we uh, we serve uh, German congregation, all from church, uh, and uh, Kryvyi is a, a city uh, which is 120 kilometers long, the longest city in Ukraine, and a very big city and has lots of lots of industries in it. And uh, this uh, uh, pastor, Pan pastor serves in person Hu it's a small town uh, where he where he uh, lives and uh, he, he also said that they would be safe because the small town who think that uh, a small peaceful town this population of about uh, 15 or 20 thousand people would be uh, would be attacked but one uh, morning he called and he said, may I leave uh, uh, the uh, city please, because uh, there were, the Russians were shelling the city and a shell fell down on his neighbor's uh, uh, yard and his, uh, uh, and our best son was shocked, uh, was in shock that, that, that they, they had to save him. And uh, uh, I said, of course, please, please uh, leave. And you know, I was encouraging all pastors to leave immediately because I know Russian policies; they do hate Protestants. Uh, they they believe like they behave like Bolsheviks. They uh, they they uh, kill people. They murder. They torture uh, pastors, uh, especially pastors. And uh, then he took his van and uh, drove from Paris on water to Kremlin, which we turned in sort of a headquarters for refugees. We understand, uh, millions uh, of people were on roads and are still on roads. Uh, sometimes to get from, uh, for example, to Kyiv, uh, to, uh, to drive 300 kilometers, one would have to drive for like uh, 14 hours. Pastor uh, Somin who was, uh, who was taking his family to the Polish border, uh, was driving two days a distance that he would usually drive in eight hours. Two days, forty-eight hours. Uh, Pastor uh he uh, was driving almost uh, a day and a half. And they had to stop overnight. Uh, a distance that they would usually drive uh, in like in ten hours. Uh, people, people live with uh, with what they can, and uh, and sadly, sadly, we try to help them. Uh, we take care of, of the refugees, uh, we buy all things for them. We buy uh, food, uh, like pasta, meat, sausages, uh, fish, uh, uh, flour, sunflower, uh, all uh, uh, soap, uh, shampoos, uh, washing powder, and uh, bring uh, to uh, people's homes or to families they, they host. We buy kitchen equipment uh, to cook or to freeze food or to keep them or simply appliances to to be used for cooking. Sometimes tables are absent because uh, because there is such a huge flow of people and such a huge need. Uh, we fix uh, cars. We buy gasoline. We uh, buy uh, clothes because people sometimes run away run away only with what they can grab in their apartment. This work is very quick. All wars are quick in the 20th century and we're quick in the 21st century wars are, are absolutely fast. Uh, all things develop so quickly that uh, people cannot even realize that it's happening uh, around. And uh, like uh, like tomorrow, the day after tomorrow, I'm going to uh, take care of a few families from Kharkiv because they, uh, they came all the way to the Western Ukraine and uh, buy them uh, food. It's a family of five people, another family, uh, a big family. And uh, again, we go, we buy big quantities of food, then uh, store them, and then uh, distribute them to people. Uh, Well, at first I thought, I had an idea that we should simply make sure that people are not uh, hungry. And, uh, you know, we're buying supplies, supplies, supplies. And I said, I I, uh, won't have uh, problems you know time to to go personally but then the local government has no please come and help us please come to the families because people are shocked people are shocked and people are desperate would you pray with them please uh first i came and uh, prayed with the government people Uh, then uh, i decided that it's a good idea to go to each family to each location spend your time pray uh give them food and give them also spiritual food Uh, not only in praying, not only, not only in saying short devotion uh, but also uh, living with them uh, uh, small catechism explanations, uh, books of sermons, or people's bible uh, commentaries or something like that and uh, uh, keep uh, with them in touch and this is what we're doing uh, all, all around Ukraine now uh, not only in the western Ukraine where we have many refugees but also in in uh, cities like Kiev, uh, which is uh, which is now has less threat from Russians, which is still under attacks, we still have missiles falling periodically. Like there was a worship service two weeks ago, and my son has to go out of the building because the building that uh, we the worship that was shaking from the missile at that uh, in the uh, in the vicinity. Uh, but uh, but people uh, people want to be at their homes and. Uh, try to, to provide to them. For example, uh, uh, last Sunday we celebrated Easter, we were one week behind because we followed children's gather and uh, we had only 20 people at our church, because still about 80%, uh, maybe 90% of our members are out of the city. Uh, those who are in the city, they came to the worship service, uh, those who are able to come, because we have some elderly that cannot come, so we go to them, visit them, commune them at home, so bring them food, but uh, uh, when I saw uh, less people off uh, from the church, I, re- I saw a lady that was uh, uh, standing at the gates of the church and was hesitating whether to cross uh, the line uh, between the church and the street. And I came to her, approached her, and I said, uh, greeted her with the words Christ has risen. And then she responded, He is risen indeed. And I said, uh, Are you, Would you like to go to church? And she said, But uh, it seems that I came too late. I said, no, please come, and uh, asked where she was from, she said, I'm from Hostomel, and she asked, does it say anything? Yes, I said, it says, uh, you no, know, I said, we have people, our people in Hostomel, uh, that town is uh, almost destroyed, by Russians, it's located near Kiev. So she came into the church, uh, uh, we made some uh, some kind of uh, food for her, uh, That uh, treated her with uh, food, with, uh, with some Easter treats, and she said the story that her house uh, is you know, was in Istanbul. She was at work. Uh, she was working for the cleaning company. Uh, on and on February 24, she had a night shift. And then uh, when war began, you know, the city of Kiev was bombed, uh, was uh, stricken by missiles. And uh, the, the her chef, uh, her boss, said that she shouldn't go back to Istanbul because he heard. That russian uh, paratroopers were already there and she said i decided to stay in the office at the suggestion of the boss and she said the decision was right because uh, russians came uh, into the house through all the out uh, those uh, neighbors who were uh, protesting were murdered uh, uh, pe- many people in the town were killed uh, and uh, she uh, said that uh, later on uh, the Russians blew her house uh, and uh, she almost, uh, she doesn't have any place to return now. And the government doesn't let actual people to return now because Russians still left lots of mines, lots of uh, different uh, traps in the city. Uh, so that uh, if you open a door to your house, you know, you grenade, they explode and kill you and some of like that. So, uh, she said that she, she had only uh, things that she was able to, uh, you know, she came to work two months ago and uh, we prayed with her, we shared the word, uh, the Easter message, and uh, also gave her uh, gave her uh, food, my son uh, brought the food to the office where she continued to stay, there was a kitchen where that she would be able to, to cook. And they have many, many, many such stories all, all around the country. Many many uh, families uh, are in shock, many people, uh, many people uh, are uh, in a great need, uh, suffer, uh, many people cannot, still, uh, still cannot understand how it would happen and why, why uh, such atrocities uh, happened to them or, or to members of their families. Many people are still asking questions. You know, why is it happening? Like uh, three days ago, uh, Russians uh, launched missiles on Odessa, and uh, there was a uh, there was a family: a grandma, uh, well, a, a mother, a daughter, and uh, a, a baby girl, three months old. Uh, all three were killed by by Russian missile that hit uh, that hit the house. Uh, Another family was killed, uh, a a man and and a pregnant wife. And many people ask, uh, you know, why God has allowed this? uh, Where is God? If there is God? Uh, And certainly, I would say, yes, uh, uh, God permitted that to happen. Uh, And uh, uh, yes, uh, it it does happen because of sin. Uh, Yes, it happens, uh, but it doesn't mean that, that the Lord doesn't love His people, Christians. You know here uh, here we say that uh, you know we return to the story of Cain and Abel was Abel uh, uh, was Abel uh, sinless no he was not uh the reason you know he offered his uh, his uh, offerings was uh, was uh, because he believed in the forgiveness of sins and in uh, justification becoming Messiah but Cain uh, nevertheless killed him and it was in the very beginning of our history. So it's, it's going to, and, and continues. And if it happens, uh, the Lord also wants to strengthen our faith. And he also wants to correct us as his children. Uh, we're not a guiltless, certainly uh, nation. We're not a sinless nation. But uh, the Lord doesn't want to, to destroy the you know, Ukraine nation because, because it, it, it commits a process of death. Because of all such things that we will know, uh, we'll know uh, only when uh, when the Lord returns. in the future. We we'll be have to ask many questions, but it's time of tribulation. It's time uh, when we can better show uh, show our love to our neighbors and uh, show a trust in the Lord and believe that uh, that He would uh, He would uh, grant the victory to Ukraine and will uh, will punish the evildoers. Uh, he has resources for that, uh, but. He surely loves his Christians, he surely loves uh, all of us, and uh, we have, we have uh, a very uh, great uh, evidence uh, uh, and proof of that love, his Son, Jesus Christ, who died and who uh, rose, died from sins, and rose uh, so that we uh, all believe in him, be justified, and have eternal life. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, difficult uh, and uh, it's uh, it's uh, hard to live under such uh, circumstances. Uh, people's talk has changed rapidly. Uh, you know, you uh, you all understand that the whole world is absolutely changed once and for, forever, probably. Dreams are different. All people say dreams are different. Uh, it's it's often uh, uh, absolute absolutely. Different uh, way of thinking begins when when you have such things, and uh, and uh, uh, certainly uh, now as now before, people need uh, need the word of God. It's uh, when you come upon uh, upon a person in despair, and when you bring uh, that person the word of God, people are thankful. When you bring them food, people are thankful, and. Uh, I cannot say how many words of thanks were expressed by each person who received uh, food, who received clothes, who received some equipment, uh, who received uh, have, uh, all kinds of help, uh, how many people thank, uh, thank the Lord for the help that they received from Christians, that they received from, from uh, uh, Wells Brothers and Sisters, because we are never silent that this help comes from America, this help comes from the sponsored of the Lutheran Synod and that uh, people who uh, support us, who provide this help do it out of their great love to the Lord and uh, to the people and and, uh, out of sense of sympathy and empathy uh, toward uh, the the Ukrainian uh, people who suffer so much now now at war. Uh, So please, uh, please, receive our thanks again. And also, if possible, please continue to pray for us, because we know how prayers For example, if I have a minute? Yes, go ahead. Yes. Uh, 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 for example, mm-hmm. uh, there was a, a, a lady in our congregation, she's a medical nurse, and she, she was in a city in the eastern Ukraine, uh, that, uh, and she was working at the hospital, and Russians uh, were still in the hospital, you know, they, some, well I know why, it's a genocide, suddenly they tried to destroy all things. Uh, schools, thousands of schools were destroyed, thousands of kindergartens were destroyed, thousands of buildings were destroyed, hospitals are in attacked. hospitals are shelved as well, as residential areas. And this lady uh, wrote to me at night and said, uh, could you please alert the brother and sister for prayer because we don't know whether we survive this night because Russians shell our hospitals so much I immediately uh, placed uh, a prayer request and we agreed with this Pastor uh, Roger that, that we we'll do it uh, closer to, uh, to, uh, to the time when it's night in Ukraine, when we're night in Ukraine, but uh, it will be still daytime in America because, uh, you know, and, uh, evil is usually done at nights. Military operations are usually done at nights. Uh, Russians usually uh, attack and kill people at nights. Rape at nights, murder at nights, uh, torture at nights, and I asked, "Would you, could you please pray, uh, pray uh, for, this, uh, for this, place, and for these people?" I received a response on Facebook. Many, many people prayed, and uh, uh, the lady in the morning said, a "Miracle! Nobody was hurt. All survived. We thank you very much." And uh, for me, it was, it is just, a, just a miracle and uh, and a proof. Uh, evidence how the war responds to our prayers. And uh, I'd like to thank uh, Pastor Neumann for his hard work, uh, all Pastor uh, President Schrader, Pastor Schlager, for all the support that we have. And all of you brothers, thank you very, very much. Please come to Ukraine, <laughs> not now. <laughs>